Welcome to Anchor Point, where we believe that the next 30 minutes could change your life forever. So join us to consider the greatest message ever heard, the good news of the gospel, as well as sound scriptural teaching for believers, all based on the Word of God, the anchor for our souls. The Bible is God's wonderful message to mankind, telling of a Savior who has come to take away sin and to bring us back to God freely, fully, no strings attached. How tremendous the gospel message is. But there's more, you see. This same Jesus, who rose from the dead and ascended into heaven, he's coming back again, just as he left in bodily form. He's coming back to receive those who trusted in him for their salvation. The dead in Christ will rise, followed by all those living who have been born again, who accepted him as their own and personal Savior. The Bible teaches that this great event could happen at any time, though nowhere in the scripture does it give a specific date. Can I ask you something? Are you looking forward to the Lord's return? Are you ready to meet him? There will be no time to prepare when that event takes place. It will happen, the Bible says, in the twinkling of an eye. You need to be ready. In today's message, evangelist Mr. Jim Jarvis looks at the rapture, the coming again of the Lord Jesus Christ. We hope that this message will focus for you the next great event in God's calendar. I'd like you to turn with me in your Bible, please, to John chapter 14 and verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Let's turn to the little book of James, further along in your New Testament, right after the book of Hebrews, James chapter 5, verse 7. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it until he receive the early and latter rain. Be ye also patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Now remember we read in John 14, he says, I will come again and receive you unto myself. And here he says, the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. One more reading in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And this event that we have been reading about, coming of our Lord Jesus, is described here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 by the Apostle Paul as he was inspired by the Spirit of God. In verse 13 we read, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you, by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel 
and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Now you'll notice the first verse that we read tonight in John chapter 14 and verse 1 says, Let not your heart be troubled. And the last verse we read says, Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Let me just ask you a question at the beginning of my message tonight. Who is it that these words are spoken to? Don't be troubled. Comfort one another. Are those words spoken to those who are living their lives in the world, in sin, in rejection of Christ? No, I would suggest to you very strongly that they have really no right whatsoever to be comforted or to be at peace. Because to live outside of Christ in one's sin is a very troubling situation to be in. It causes sorrow, upset, trouble. And I am sure there are those that can attest to this fact. There are those that are living troubled lives. Life has become so complicated because of sin. Life has become a very tiresome thing. Everywhere they turn, they run into brick walls, as it were, in relationships, perhaps financially, perhaps with families, children. Everywhere they turn, sin has complicated and troubled their lives. Well, who is it then Jesus is speaking these words to? Let not your heart be troubled. Comfort one another with these words. It is to those who have come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. It's to those who have accepted Him and who have come in repentance to the foot of the cross and acknowledged that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Those who are born again. So we have a question tonight. It's a very personal question. Have you ever had a time in your life when you were born again? Have you ever been saved by the grace of God? People say to us, you know, that word saved, why do you use that all the time? Well, it's found right through our New Testament. Over and over again, we read the word saved or converted or born again. Synonymous terms, really, describing that same event in a person's life when they trust Christ as their Savior. We do not believe the Bible teaches that a person is born in the family of God. That right from the time we drew our first breath, we are all children of God. No. The Bible says that we go astray as soon as we be born. Speaking lies. The Bible teaches very clearly that we travel along this broad road in our sins. And there has to be a moment in my life when I step off that broad road and start on the way to heaven. That is when a person is born again or saved. And if that has never happened in your life, no matter what religion you might belong to, doesn't matter. If you have never personally accepted Christ as your Savior and Lord, then you're still on the broad road. And you're going to miss God's salvation eternally. But there is an event that we believe is very near that we have read about tonight. An event that should cause those who are still outside of Christ to sit up and take notice, especially when we think of the day in which we live. It's called the Lord's coming, the rapture.
The Bible is very clear. The Lord Jesus spoke of it over and over again. The epistles teach it clearly. The book of Revelation unfolds future events like you wouldn't believe. It's incredible. When you get into the book of Revelation and link it back to some of the Old Testament prophecies in the book of Daniel and Ezekiel and other books where they looked far into the future of this world. And it's clear from what we read that God has a calendar of events that are going to take place on this earth. And it is clear, I believe, from what we see going on all around us, that we are very close to those events happening. Do you know what the next event on God's calendar is? This event we read about, the rapture of the church, the coming of the Lord to the air to take his own to be with himself. It's called the rapture, catching up of the saints. That's the next event on God's calendar. Now, many in the world have heard about it. Unfortunately, and I must say this because it's happening all around us, there are those that are trying to set dates. And really, it, it just causes nothing but trouble and it makes the world mock at Christians and mock the Bible. You see, there's nothing in the Bible that sets a date for the rapture. Any who claim to have a date when the rapture is going to take place are wrong. Let me put it very clearly. We cannot date the rapture. None of us know the day nor the hour. The Bible is clear on that. And so we can't predict and we wouldn't even begin to suggest a date for the rapture. The truth of it is, as the Lord presented this and as the Apostle Paul and other uh, apostles spoke of it, it was an event that was imminent. It, it could, It was presented in such a way so that all the saints down through the ages would think this event could happen today. This event could happen today. Do you know what the Bible does speak a lot about? It gives us all kinds of detail of what's going to happen after the rapture takes place. After we hear the shout. There are events that are here on the chart, right behind me, the door shut. And then these events right here on the chart, the, the Great Tribulation, the Battle of Armageddon, the Judgment of the Nations, all of these events are compressed into seven short years. And the Bible gives us great detail as to what is going to take place during those seven years. You know what's interesting? When we look at all those details of what's going to happen after the rapture, many things that are happening in the world tonight are like signposts. And they're not pointing to a date for the rapture, but they do point to the tribulation. These are things that we can see shaping up that are going to lead to the tribulation. That's why we believe tonight we are very close to the rapture because the rapture takes place first. It happens before the tribulation. And if these things that are going on all around us in the world, as we see the currents of wickedness deepening and darkening all around us, they are all pointing to the tribulation when the man of sin is going to be revealed, the Antichrist, his number that we see, 666, the number of the Antichrist and all the events that will take place, we believe that much of what is happening today in this world is leading toward those great events. Israel, think of Israel for a few minutes. What is happening right now in the Middle East? I mean, we go about our business every day, don't we? And we eat our meals and go about our 
work and school and all the rest of it. And once in a while we glance at the papers and we hear rumblings all the time about the Middle East, about Israel and about Iran and about Syria and Libya and all these countries surrounding that little tiny country of Israel. And we marvel that that little country has been able to survive. In New York City, at the United Nations, the Canadian delegation got up and walked out when the president of Iran made a speech. Do you know why they walked out? Because he was declaring, basically, doom and destruction upon Israel and upon the Western world. He's been doing it now for several years. And we are on the verge of witnessing another war. They're going on all around. Libya is warring right now. Syria is in the middle of a, of a civil war. And Iran and Israel are just that close to going at it. And we go about our business and think, well, you know, we'll get through this. We don't understand that Israel is going to be at the very center of all that takes place during the tribulation. What I read in Daniel chapter 9 tells me that what will mark the beginning of the tribulation, the rapture has to take place first. But then the Bible tells us in Daniel chapter 9 that what marks the very beginning of that time of tribulation that is going to fall upon this world is a peace treaty between the Antichrist and Israel. You see, Israel has been increasingly isolated. Fewer and fewer friends in the world. They are looking for someone who will champion their cause. Someone who will stand beside them and support them. Not that we're here to preach politics tonight because we're not. But I'll tell you one thing. My Lord and Savior came to Israel. He was a Jew. And he died right there outside the walls of Jerusalem. He came to his own Israel first. And his own received him not. And then the gospel went out to the Gentiles. Around the world, the gospel has been preached. And the next event on God's calendar, he's going to take the church home to be with himself. And then the focus will once again be on Israel. All these centuries, Israel has been, the Jews have been persecuted and scattered all around the world. 1948, in the month of May, they finally were able to declare a nation once again in Israel after centuries of rejection and being persecuted and, and scattered. And even that was foretold in the Bible. I was reading a remarkable prophecy in Ezekiel chapter 4 just the other day about blessing upon Israel and a verse that really looks forward to the formation of the nation of Israel. And it's remarkable the exact way in which that prophecy was fulfilled. But now, you know what God is focused on? Not so much Israel. God is focused on all the Gentile nations around the world. And his heart's desire is that some soul in this meeting might trust Christ as their Savior. Because the rapture could take place at any moment. And if that event took place tonight, you'd be left outside the door of salvation. You'd be left standing outside a closed door. We read here in Luke chapter 13 about that event when once the master of the house hath risen up and shut to the door and ye begin to stand without and to knock at the door saying, Lord, Lord, open unto us. And when you read those verses in, in Luke 13, they try to claim a relationship with the Lord Jesus. You know what he says? He says, I never knew you. 
They said, well, Lord, we knew you. You taught in our streets. We knew you, Lord. His reply, I never knew you. They had no relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, religion tells people that they can know God. They can know the Lord Jesus. You know what the purpose of the gospel is? To make 100% sure that the Lord Jesus knows you and that you can claim eternal salvation through this book, the Word of God, and know in your heart that you have a relationship with Him. You know Him, and when that moment takes place, when the shout rends the heavens, and the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, at that moment, you will hear His voice and be caught into His presence. I will come again. Are you ready for that moment? If you've never been saved or born again, you're not ready. You'll be left behind. I remember back in the 70s, we used to hear preaching like this all the time on the Lord's coming. Seems like lately, you hear less and less about these things that are going to happen. Isn't that strange? The closer we get to it, it seems like the less interested we are in hearing about it. Revelations chapter 3 tells us about the Laodiceans and how they said we're rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. And the Lord goes on to say, you don't realize you're poor and wretched and blind and naked. That's the problem today. Even Christians getting cold and not really warming to the truth of the Lord's coming. No wonder we're having such difficulty convincing the unsaved if it doesn't grip our own hearts. Oh, would to God, even we as his people would be so stirred about the Lord's coming and get so taken up with it that we want to reach out wherever we go and tell others about this message and persuade them and convince them with the help of God that they might seek after God's salvation with all of their hearts and their souls. Do you know him tonight? Are you truly inside that door? Or will the rapture of the church catch you unprepared outside the door of mercy and exposed to the wrath of God? All that really matters is that you have a time in your life when you trusted Christ. Is it there? I go back to September the 3rd of 1964. And it's not the date that makes me a Christian. It just so happens I remember the day and I looked at the calendar. And I, well, my birthday, my physical birthday was on the 2nd, so I, I knew it was the day after my physical birthday. I had just turned 11 years of age. And so it's very easy for me to remember. And of course now it's even easier because my first grandchild was born the same day, September the 3rd. I'll always remember that day. That was the day that I poured out my heart to God and just cried out for salvation. That was the first day of my life that I truly understood I'm lost. I'm on my way to hell. And it so gripped my heart that afternoon. I knew I deserved to be in hell. You know one of the things that stirred me up? Just in the three weeks from the time I first heard the gospel until I got saved, one of the things that stirred me up the most was the truth of the Lord's coming. Conscious and aware of the truth of the Lord's coming. I had just learned about it. It was all fresh and new to me. I thank God for the truth of the Lord's coming. I hope it stirs someone in this meeting tonight. I hope you understand time is short. And you need to strive to enter in. You need to make it the most important thing in your life. 
if you miss it, you could lose everything. Well, how about it? Are you ready? Will you hear the shout or will you be totally unaware of what has happened? Will you be left behind for judgment? It's a solemn thought and should make us who are Christians in a greater hurry to share the gospel with others. The things happening in our world today certainly make us aware that the coming of the Lord is drawing near. Let's get out there with the gospel. And friend, if you're not sure where you stand with God, get a Bible and read it. Maybe start in the New Testament. Speak to a Christian friend. Come and hear the gospel. Do all you can to make sure that you're ready for this great event. God loves you. Christ died for you. Trust him today. You'll be glad that you did. If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, or if you'd like some literature or a visit that would help you to understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at email at anchorpointradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're glad that you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by believers in Christ who are meeting at various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services every Sunday as well as other meetings such as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. No collection is ever taken and a very warm welcome awaits you. If you've been challenged by today's message and would like to know more about the truth of the gospel or of gathering under the name of our Lord Jesus Christ following New Testament principles, Take a look at our website at anchorpointradio.com. There you will find more information as well as the location, programs, and meeting schedules for the gathering center nearest to you. My name is John Sharp, and thank you once again for listening. And we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point, where we believe that Christ alone is the anchor for the soul.